Good morning. Good morning and welcome. I invite the congregation to please stand. We will begin with the opening sentences and have our processional hymn at the time of the glorious. I invite everyone to please stand as your Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us join in singing hymn 440, found in the blue hymnals. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. Mm -hmm. 
A reading from the book of Isaiah. As the rain and the snow come down from the heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that I which, which I purpose, and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of then, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypresses, Instead of the brier shall come up the myrtle. It shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm will be read in unison. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great kindness. Please join with me or I've got the wrong nut, I, my apologies. Because of their transgressions, our sins are stronger than we are. reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. There is therefore now no con condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the, the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, 
who walk not in according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not believe belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give to life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 589. It's found in the blue hymnal. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus went out and sat beside the sea. Such crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Holy Spirit, give us strength and keep us honest as we continually cultivate our hearts and minds and bodies to be temples of your abiding love. Amen. Growing up in rural Missouri amid sprawling, seemingly endless acres of farmland, even though I wasn't raised in a farming family, the environment instilled in me a false confidence that I know anything about growing anything. I mean, but really how hard could it be? You just find yourself a nice patch of ground and till it up a little bit and drop in some seeds and a little dash of water and a little dash of sunlight and boom, presto changeo, something pops out of the ground, right? Those of you who are seasoned gardeners or maybe even farmers, know how unrealistic that thinking is. And my first utter failure at growing a garden had me quickly realizing that as well. And quickly believing in that old conventional wisdom that it's all about the soil. Ensuring that you have healthy, nutrient-rich soil is the first critical step to growing anything that's worth writing home about. Luckily, Jesus was in on this horticultural secret, it seems, as we read in Matthew's Gospel today, that only good soil can produce a crop worth planting at all. His message is quite plain here. In fact, it's one of the very few, if not 
the only times Jesus actually goes out of his way to explain the parable he speaks to his hearers. Because typically he leaves them pretty open-ended in good Jewish fashion. Because that's an invitation to accept that maybe these best lessons change as we change. Maybe they're worth coming back to time and time again. But this time, at least for Matthew, we finally get a straight answer from Jesus. The word of God grows in good soil. Makes sense? Maybe we can just go home now, I guess. But did you notice another interesting plot point in this parable? See, if we're to read God as the sower in the story and read us as the soil, which is typically how we read this parable, when you pull back and think about it, it paints God as a pretty lousy farmer, doesn't it? Even the least skilled gardener would know better than to waste seed by planting it on a sidewalk or in the middle of a gravel driveway. Or why, why sow it there at all? What is Jesus scratching at here in this parable? Rather than just a passing opportunity for us to do a quick nutrient check on our own spiritual soil and probably deem ourselves as too rocky or too shallow or too thorny, because let's be honest, not many of us are going to hear this and say, well, lucky for me and for Jesus, I am rich in good soil all the time. But rather, what I'm wondering is, what does it mean that God keeps sowing anyway. That in our human economy, God is seemingly wasting his word on us who so often bear such little fruit. As a kid, there were always a few times each year that while driving on those winding country roads, I would be startled when I turned a corner to see billowing smoke rising miles into the air and miles wide over the, over the land, like a scene out of the Exodus story. A pitch black wall of smoke rising directly out of one of these many fields. Alarmed for the first time I saw it, I asked my parents, what are we supposed to do about this? Because even as a kid, I realized this was a bit bigger than the fire department could handle. And yet, I was very tentatively reassured to learn that these fields were set ablaze on purpose. That some real scary, dramatic work had to, pe had to be put in to ensure that the soil was healthy for the next planting. I can still feel a little bit of tension when I think about all those sites of that giant smoke cloud, this juxtaposition where deconstruction is dramatic and big and scary, and yet it leads somehow to healthier life. That soil has a cycle. It can be changed and fed and made more fertile. And I think this is where Jesus is going here in this parable. Instead of it simply being a judgmental status check for us, what happens when we hear it as something pastorally realistic? as Jesus directly acknowledging that we will at times present ourselves to God as more or less helpful for God's planting. 
And yet, God sows anyway. It's another example of how grace just doesn't add up in our economy. That God's not interested in transactions. God sows anyway. Maybe you can remember a time, or several times, that you've been the soil on the path, trampled down by life stepping all over you, maybe even because you've wanted to help move people along their own paths closer to God. And yet there you are, feeling compacted, tough, seemingly impenetrable, as God's good word struggles to break through this self-protective crust. But yet Jesus tells us that the evil one might have an easy time with us in these conditions, but he also tells us that God sows anyway. Maybe you've cobbled together such an active life of faith, doing all the things in your mind that need to be done, being all the things to all people in the hopes that it will inch you somehow up a ladder just a little bit closer to God. But in all this, you've neglected to be honest with God about how all this doing is actually helping you to avoid something you need to talk to God about. Jesus tells us that we have to root down, to get deep, to get honest, and maybe even sometimes a little ugly with God before we can grow upward. But he also tells us that God sows anyway. Maybe the idea of success in this life has, in a weird way that it tends to do, become synonymous with salvation. That we need to prove to God that we can be worthy of the fruit that we seek to bear. That the money we give or make or keep somehow impresses God enough to let us off the hook for all the messy stuff that comes with really following Jesus. Well, Jesus tells us that that crowded, thorny life obsessed with success tends to choke out that fruit-bearing word, which needs to be nourished by humility, spaciousness, and a really deep realization that we cannot be our own God. But Jesus tells us that God sows anyway. The good news, I think, my friends, is that soil can be changed. It can be tilled and broken open, can be oxygenated and fertilized into something ready to receive that word, and then to sprout the Spirit's fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. Make no mistake, though, Soil tending is hard, hard work. It may even require an unsettling kind of fire to burn away a few weeds in our hearts and minds from season to season. That will be scary and probably a little painful, but it will bear fruit. So take your invitation from Jesus today to do a soil check. Be honest. God can handle it. But don't stop there. Ask for the Spirit to till you up, to break you open if need be, even maybe to set you ablaze 
If Isaiah is correct today, if the God of worship, the God we worship, can grow songs out of mountains and make trees clap their hands, God can grow a good word in you because God is already sowing something in you now and always. I invite everyone to stand as they're able and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into the... He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church of the world. Grant, grant our mercy to God that all that who all confess your name may be united in truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Guide the people of this land and all the nation in the way, the justice, and the peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer. Sorry. <laughs> Give us all our reverence for the earth as your own creation that we may use its resources rightly in the service of one another and to your honor and glory, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Bless all those, bless all, sorry, bless all who live our closest link with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loved us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Confront and heal all those who suffered in body, mind, and or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In our parish circle of prayer, we pray for Anna Cassidy, David and Ann Cassino, Cassino and Karen Garrett, Umbria and Billy Cassito. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. 
In our diocese circle of prayer, we pray for the Congregation Development Commission and those who support the work of our congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We commend our mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Scott Whitfield, Nelwell, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share all your sin in your internal kingdom, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for Lou, Leo, Kathy, Cindy, Cindy C, John T, Justin, Tim, Stephen E, Julian, Danny A, John, Sarah, Leo, Pamelia, Jennifer, Kimberly, Johnny B, Jean G, Norma V, Shelly T, Randy W, Do, Lou D. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life, amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Good morning, everybody. My name is Ron Cowie. I am your senior warden. Uh, no major announcements except for the cookout this Wednesday. All are welcome. All are invited. And it's funny. I was sitting back here and I did. Yeah, I sat down and no one was in church. And I get up here and not a full house, but pretty good. I said, "Wow, okay." Um, also, thank you very much to Zoe and the, you know everyone for reading and stepping it. What, Brian? We were talking about Dave, you know, Dave, the mayor of St. Peter's, and that name's just on my heart. Um, for coming in at the last minute, it's really important and it's really a good thing to be able to just step in and help. It's, it's good for your soul. It keeps you uh, out of the pool halls, as my dad says. Um, so that's the only announcement I have. Uh, cookout, please come. It's going to be great. Six o'clock Wednesday. If you want to help, show up at five o'clock. There will be something to do. And we're going to have the full range of food. So you don't need to feel like you need to bring anything except for yourself and BYOB, you know, and no one's going to look in the brown bag. So there you go. Drake, you have something? Okay, that's it.
Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. As we're seated, please join in him 589, or no. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm, my mistake. I don't have my bullet in front of me. Musician voluntary, thank you. Okay. All right, thank you. So you want the offertory music? Yes. Hit it. Hit it. <laughs>
be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this. For the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this Holy Spirit and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. At the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Eternal God, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Savior. Amen. In the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us stand and join in singing hymn 530. Thanks be to God.